Hello, my friends. Today we are talking to Guillaume, the COO at Daily Motion, and we discuss his transition from CTO to COO, advice for how to improve communication from the top down, and tough questions that must be answered when the data tells you one thing, but your heart and culture tell you another. All of this right here, right now, on the Modern CTO Podcast. Here we go. This is the Modern CTO Podcast. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. How are you, Joel? Good. It's good to see you again, Guillaume. It's been a, it's it's been a year. Yeah. Yeah, more than a year. And, and what a year. A crazy year. Yes. <laughs> are you in France right now? Yes, I am. Yeah, New York. Like, no one's in New York right now. <laughs> yeah, but we know, you know, I'm, I'm based in, in France and then we we traveling those days. Yeah, a bit difficult. So, where are you? I'm in Florida still, but uh, I wanted to say thank you for the stuff you sent me last time we talked. You sent me like a whole little daily motion care package, and we really appreciate it. You are you're very welcome. I mean, it's it's no big deal, and the things uh, as well for all the stuff you sent uh, uh, to me, the little books. Kids appreciate it as well. So, thanks very much. Nice, nice. That's good. I'm I'm excited because, you know, you were CTO role last time when we talked and now your role has changed to COO. Why did you make that switch? Well, um, probably because I don't know anything to technology, so I have to take care of operation, <laughs> I believe. Um, no, I think <laughs> we, we, we rush off a little bit to organization um, to focus on uh, what matters the most. And to be honest, I still take care of the technology space because uh, um, in a digital, uh, very um, oriented company where your DNA is technology, your operations uh, are all about making sure there is as little entropy between marketing product uh, technology from an execution standpoint. So this your role might be very different in another company, but in, let's say, web-based company uh, with a strong technological DNA, uh, that makes sense for us as a, a next step of our development as we had to accelerate on everything related to growth and, and better uh, commercialization of what we do. It was a necessary step. So did you promote someone like to CTO? Did you go to COO and then put someone else as CTO? So that's, that's the plan. There is a position at the moment. Uh, uh, but as any company, when you do a reorganization, you have a lot of um, free, uh, let's say, seats appearing where you cannot staff all of them at the same time. Um, money is a reason. You got to be careful. Uh, the other reason is that you cannot bring too many new folks at the same time either. You got to be careful uh, about managing that. So our focus right now, to be honest, has been on a C position, but it's a marketing position. So our focus has been set on the CMO position, uh, which makes sense as per our new challenges of better marketing and better selling what we do and better telling uh, 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 our stories out there. Uh, so that made sense to prioritize the uh, CMO role. Uh, how do I manage the fact that I don't have a CTO at the moment? I actually rely on a fantastic team of experienced VP and senior VPs, and they, they're doing an impressive job. So I'm not, I'm not so concerned. Long, long term, it, we need a CTO. We need it's, it's a position that is required, and 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 we need to figure that out. Maybe it's uh, going to be an internal promotion with people developing talents. Uh, we'll see. 
We're not in a hurry, okay? That's the chance we have. Uh, but long term, we're going to need a CTO for sure. Yeah, and a CMO is very important. Storytelling. I actually, I have this book right here. It's, my, it's like one of my favorite storytelling books. Uh, this guy is like, his name is Robert McKee. And he's got, uh, he's just been a part of so many different like movies and TV shows, like as a writer. And then he wrote about how to tell stories in the context of the the business world. And so he's he's one of my favorite people when it comes to that. I need that book. It's a good book. I, I recommend it like a lot, actually. It's just one of those books, you know what it's like, you read it and it's so well said and it's succinct and it's on this topic of, you know, how do you tell these stories in the context of business? You know, it's just an interesting topic. Like how do you take all the stuff that they've learned from making movies and TV shows on how story works and then boil that down into a 30 second ad and connect with people? I mean, it's at the end of the day, that's what we, that's what we want to hear all of us um, uh, as potential client or potential user. You want to hear a great story as an employee. You want to hear a great story. Everybody wants to hear a great story to feel that it belongs to something bigger or they have a, let's say, a sense of an higher purpose to go after than just doing the job. Uh, and and that's, that's, that's actually difficult. That's actually difficult. What's the story of where Daily Motion's at today? So from, from our last conversation, a little bit more than a year ago, we grew uh, in every aspect of our business. We grew our audience uh, big time. Uh, we have we grew more than thirty percent, so we are beyond three um, three hundred and thirty um, million active users. We grew our partnerships. We signed a lot of great uh, deals with the NBA, the NBA G League, NHL, Live Nation, Global Citizen, the NASA. We we signed a lot of the great deals, so we we bring great content to our users. We improved our product a lot. Uh, and we uh, have a new homepage uh, focusing on, on, and this is where the great storytelling uh, comes in. We, we've built a fantastic homepage. I don't think any video platform has an homepage like we do have because that homepage focuses on bringing the most important and valuable content. We believe, based on what we know from a given user, uh, and we believe you should be watching. And that covers the news, that covers sport, that cover music, but that's the key thing that, that I mean, everybody's talking about in video. And, and we're the only one with such a non-page. No, we need to bring that on-page to the market and tell that story to users because they, they don't know enough what we're doing. And then do you have like a team that just manages the content for the homepage or is it algorithms? Like is it editors or algorithms or a mix of both? Like how does that work together to so make the it's, homepage? It's, you know, in order to scale, it has to be algorithm based. <clears throat> God bless you. In order to scale, <laughs> we got to have, um, we got to have it algorithmically uh, driven, but the notion of reality, is something that is very, very difficult to, to do with uh, uh, an algorithm. An algorithm will help you uh, push what is more popular or what everybody's clicking on, on what is trending. But the quality of the content, the quality of the source, whether or not you can trust it, is, a, is something that algorithms are not good at doing at the moment. And what we use is editorial team to help the algorithm understand the quality. So in a way, human are helping the algorithm to understand what quality is, so the algorithm can make the right recommendation. Oh, that's interesting. So it's a mix of both, in a way. So you've got an algorithm sort of 
suggesting some things to your team and then your team is giving that algorithm feedback so the algorithm is always improving? It's it's not exactly it. I cannot really say our secret sauce. Oh, that, okay. That's that's that's, <laughs> that's that's the way that's the way it looks. Yes, but definitely there is there is a, a a human touch. So the human people do not select the video that you will see, but the human the human helps the algorithm understand what is what is um, um, tr- um an information that you can trust. What is a good quality content? How how a given piece of content better represents something that is going on than another. If you take presidential election, you have tons of video about presidential election. Which one should you watch, really? Which is the one in two to three minutes that gives you everything you should know about? There is tons of content out there. You're not going to watch all of them. But you want to be fed with something that, that is meaningful to you. And that is, a, that is a complex challenge. And we believe that we are addressing it. We know how to tell the story. And we also believe that no other platform today does that well. Some of the platform does a great job by doing different things, but that very simple purpose of bringing you what is very, very important that you should, let's say, learn about or be educated about or reinforce your knowledge about, we believe we're the only one to do it today. That's interesting that I'm curious, do you have like thoughts about deep fakes? Do you guys have to think about that or detect it? So we do, we do think about it. Uh, we we work with a lot of and there is a lot of uh, let's say um, some sort of um, regroupment of um, uh, journalists and and uh, associations and and thing that helps us define when a content is fake or not. Okay, so we have some information that we uh, uh, um, can get, and we also rely on um, the ability of the platform for I mean for a given user to be able to report something. Okay. Uh, but detecting deep fake as the technology is not there yet. So uh, I know. we have to we have to rely on uh, other processes walk around to manage that. Yeah, I in America we have an organization called DARPA. They make like futuristic military type stuff. And they had some contest out I saw like on their website you know, government agency contests to, to build technology to detect deep fakes and they're like failing at it miserably. <sighs> yes. So the, the, I mean, we have to use the, the old fashioned style, uh, checking the source uh, approach that you, you, you got to double, triple check and you got to make sure before you take a decision, you got to, you got to ask, um, uh, whoever is involved into uh, that piece of information to make sure it, it's, it's uh, trustable information. Do you have any like additional security concerns around election time? So yes and no on our side. Um, the, as we we always refused to um, have capabilities and features for given users to um, pay for a content to, to go viral on our platform. So there, there is no promoted content. Uh, so in that sense, we're not that much impacted by what can happen on other platform or what happened over the past years with Facebook, where you can you can pay for money to, and you can pay for a video to be viral. And regardless of the, the, the I mean, whether or not the video is trustworthy. Uh, so we don't have that, that problem. What we got to be careful about always, and, and we saw a spike in the industry during the COVID is cybersecurity. The threat in cyber security is getting higher. I don't know why 
COVID relates to that, but we saw that in the industry there has been a spike in in the number of uh, potential threats and and uh, um, problems out there, and and we got to be careful about that. Yes. You know, people inside. I mean, I think I did my worst stuff when I was like a 12-year-old kid inside all day, <laughs> right? You put more people yeah. inside, you get more security issues online. <laughs> yes, people, people get bored, so you get more security issues online. I think it's direct relationship between the two. It, it might be true, actually. <laughs> I think it is, too. It's, I mean, look, we have... I mean, when I, was, when I was 12, it was a little odd that I was on the computer as much as I was, but... Nowadays, not at all for 12-year-olds. And I was exploring just like kids. You have kids. I have kids. You see how they explore around the house and everything. It's just something that developing minds do. So I'm not surprised at all. They pull them out of school, put them in the bedroom, and they're going to just like explore the depths of the internet. Yes. Yeah. We, 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 when we have a cybersecurity problem, wherever it is, we all, always expect... Uh, some sort of a government to be behind that. And then we discover it's a 16 years old teen. <laughs> no, but them true story. So, yeah. Oh, do you have any crazy security stories that you can share or no? No, I cannot, but I can tell you that sometimes <laughs> we, we, we believe it's something big and that just a, a, a very talented team being bored about something and exploring what, what the hell you can do with a given API. So it happened. <laughs> Oh man, it's always fun talking with you. So what about, let's, let's talk about like VR, right? Because there's a lot more VR video coming out on the internet. Have you guys done anything with the VR videos? So not recently. The VR or 360 or interactive video is something that um, has been, let's say, hunting us uh, over the past years and, and way before I joined. So I think it's a topic that has been discussing at Dailymotion and for any video platform for 15 years. The thing is, for a video platform that is not dedicated on that type of content, that all the features are not made for that type of content, there is very little usage. That, that, that's the sad truth. So even, even when we did develop, and I recall conversation with the engineering team years ago, when we did 360 video implementation in an HTML5 player with a web-based library, and that was an absolute and probably the first in the world to release an HTML uh, player um, uh, compliant with 360. Back then, Facebook was compliant but with a native player. So we were literally the first in the world to do so. Very little usage. Very little usage. Probably, it's an assumption here, but probably because of the cost of production. It's, I mean, if, if you do that type of thing, you know the setup is expensive. You know the type of content you can do is not every type of content. It's not mainstream enough. So we did the implementation. We we are compliant. We were compliant with every different steps uh, in this area. Uh, I mean, different uh, let's say specs and version in this in that space. But we all we always saw very little traction, very little usage. So got it. Yeah, that makes sense too, right? Because I've we do a lot of video here, both on the podcast and off, and it's it's intensive to get a video shoot right, like to set up the lighting and the environments and all of that. Um, and then let alone like 3D video, then then you'll see like the use cases for brands is often like, you know, cars wanting to do a 360 of a car, yeah. right? But that's not going to be on daily motion video. That's going to be like embedded on their website. So yeah. Yes. I just I was just curious if there's like stuff that I didn't see out there that's happening with VR, AR on the video platforms. Mm-hmm. 
not that much. I don't think that's it, it is a big thing on any, any other uh, video platform, to be honest, neither. I mean, if you look at the content that is successful, it's still the same type of content. Um, music industry has not yet invested, it seems, a lot into that space. They're driving a lot of views on many platforms, but it doesn't seem that they invested into that type of content yet. So, well, we'll see. We'll see. We, we always... Um, we're happy with the fact that we have new technology in the video space and we, the team is always happy in implementing a, a new, um, new um, fun things to develop, but, but it has to come with a usage at the end of the day. Otherwise, it's always disappointing. What's, what's the use case that's driving like, most of your revenue right now? Oh, we, we, have a, we, have, um, we have a specificity for our business. Actually, Dailymotion is a, is a B2B to C platform. The way we work is we have our, our, our product that I mentioned and described, dailymotion.com, with this on-page and vision that I believe we're the only one to do. And we need to better tell that story and go out there and say it to the world, introduce our, our product. But what we also do in order to get that content on the platform, because content doesn't come for free, you need to acquire the content and content is expensive. How do we deal with that? We provide technology to publishers, uh, media producers, um, um, digital newspapers that produces content. We provide our technology against their content in a way. So our business model is technology against content. And we make our revenue in two space. One is we have a revenue share model with uh, our partners. And we also do monetize on dailymotion.com with advertisement, like you have another platform. And that's where our revenue stream is coming. It's uh, pretty balanced in terms of audience and, and pretty balanced in terms of revenue as well. Nice, nice. That, yeah, when, when we were talking in our uh, production meeting about like daily, daily motion and asking, I asked the team about like, you know, how do you know daily motion? And everyone said, well, they're usually like the videos on the news sites. You know, they probably do something with, with that type of business because we always see the daily motion player yes. videos when we're on, we're reading some sort of article and they have a video in the article. So I was like, yes. oh, I bet you that's part of their business model right there. It is, it is part of it. So, because if you, if you, if we had to go out there and try to, you know, to serve a premise of, of building that platform, you have the most important thing that drives the world in terms of news, sport, music, entertainment, the thing you should not miss. And then we bring that to you in a meaningful way. If we had to go and buy every single piece of content to, uh, let's say, um, fulfill that promise, that would be a disaster for us. And you have many examples out there, I don't want to mention any, but you have many examples out there of video companies that have invested upfront a lot of money into the content, okay, first years, and in, in the recent history, over the past four or five years, you will find example of platform where more than 400 millions have been invested upfront in a platform to get the platform and the content, to start big with the content straight away. But it's such a difficult business to uh, generate a positive ROI, such a difficult business to create, capture, engage, and retain an audience, that if you start with such an upfront in terms of spend, it's dead in the water. So you're going to leave a couple of years and then it's going to be over. So you got to have a strategy that makes you have great content in exchange of your technology and not only in exchange of money. It's technology plus money, by the way. So when we work with uh, the G League, for example, or, or Live Nation, I mean, we provide our technology. We do revenue share in addition to that. And then we can aggregate content and put that in a meaningful way to users. 
on dailymotion.com. Yeah, Live Nation's a big one. Also, you mentioned the NBA. When you get when you guys got like the NBA, did you get to interface with with their team at all or their CTOs or anything like that? So we got the we got the in in the US we got the G League. So we got the NBA G League. And yes, we have to interface with a digital team, monetization team, technical team. That's why the the, the, the product we built is not only, as I mentioned, the this the dailymotion.com product, which is which is our end goal at the end of the day. We believe in that space. We believe in, in everything that I've said, that there is room for a platform that is different in terms of mission than the others. If you look at everything that is happening with, with in the US, TikTok and Thriller, and, and, and there is a lot of opportunities for those platforms. That's great. And we clearly see when you open the app. I don't know if you have installed TikTok, uh, Joel. I don't know if you're if you in this, um, uh, if you're into the TikTok right now. But... If you install those type of platform, and I'm not commenting either this is good or not good, it is full of entertainment, full of things to um, escape from your mind and 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 have some uh, uh, little moment fulfilled with some uh, uh, entertainment and cool stuff and fun stuff, etc. But you don't really learn something at the end of the day. You might feel after 15 minutes of watching TikTok, you feel empty. We we. We believe that the more those platforms grow, the bigger the room for a platform that will help you still in entertaining and smooth and, and fun and well-designed way, but will help you to feed you somehow with something you can retain from the video you've consumed. Either you learn about the presidential elections, you learn about Black Lives Matters, you get a, um, a spot on onto something that, 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 that feeds you somehow. Uh, we got to do it in an entertaining way. Nobody wants to watch a, a two-hour documentary about something uh, on the go. But we believe there's space here. And 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 to to my point, in order to get those contents, we need to go to the big brands like the G League and BAG League. And the guys here, what they don't care about, and for a good reason, is do you have the technology, the emotion, that will help us to be more successful as a, as a brand and a media? And that, that's why the Dailymotion team is so fantastic because we're building that, that promise of a, of a destination platform, Dailymotion.com. And at the same time, we have to build some sort of a pure uh, SaaS platform, well-appeized, fully customizable, that scales, deliver globally to provide that technology to partners like the G League or the Life Nation or many others. I like that. I like that you guys care about the content uh, that you're, curating on the platform it, very much one of the comments we made when um when we were looking you know at the home page and doing the research again was that it felt you know we're on youtube a lot because we put our videos on youtube so just as a company we have a lot of people we visit the site a lot but when we went to daily motion it was like a breath of fresh air i don't know if it was just like the design the layout the content maybe a little bit of everything but it was different and i like that you know you're sitting here talking about you want it to be less fast food and more like nutrient dense. And yes. I mean, I am definitely for that, right? I think most people would be. Yes, we, we, we have to do it in a fun and in a nice and entertaining way. That's what we're doing. That's what we're going after. We're always improving. And I know we all know we, 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 can, we can do better, but that what we've built and what we've been focusing on the past four or five years has, has reached a level of maturity where I believe the team can be very, very proud and enhance the recruitment of the CMO where we now need to tell that story. 
we, we now need to show the world what we've built. And, and this is just the beginning. This is happening. Okay, we, we, we are hiring that CMO and, and, and we hopefully going to close that position by end of the year. And 2021 will be the year where we tell the world what we've built. And, 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 and I'm super happy to see that you enjoyed and, and saw the fresh um, style, the fresh um, experience, the different type of content. And you know, you know what I say sometimes to the team, and and you know, you, have you seen the um, social dilemma um, uh, documentary on Netflix? I have, I have. But sometimes I say to the team, you know what? We great at product, we great at technology, but we suck at business. And and I was having the conversation a long time ago with the recommendation team, because we always focused on making recommendation that matters. So we sometimes push quality, diversity of content, and the ability for you eventually to take the lead on what you want to consume, we put that above just making sure we increase the click-through rate. And you know that comes with some difficulty because when you have a machine learning team, a machine learning expert, they want to do one thing, they want to find the KPI to optimize. They want to find time spent, or engagement, or click-through rate, or number of views per session. And they're asking me, tell us what KPIs we need to improve. And this is actually more difficult than that. Otherwise, you just end up with algorithms that push stuff just to maximize the time spent. Maybe that's actually not the right thing to do for society. Maybe we need to think a little bit more about what we do from an algorithm standpoint. But this is what I meant by not taking the right business decision. Because if I were, if we were focusing only on the very short-term business impact, we would only take decision based on growth of the click-through rate or growth of the time spent. It's, it's a little bit more complicated than that, we believe. And what is going on out there right now about the platforms and the recommendation and algorithm tends to prove that we were not that wrong in a way. So what do you, so I, I actually, yeah, I watched a documentary and I was trying to figure out like what the good questions were like where where to take it from from like you you watch the documentary you end it it's like all right well well now what and so i was starting to you know try to talk around ask different people about how they feel about the algorithms and what they're doing and uh one thing that's come up a lot is that uh like ethics like people are saying that they think there's going to be more like data ethics or machine learning ethics roles or positions that arise so that companies can at least talk about it and discuss it and, and follow it better rather than just assigning it, you know, to the CTO's role. Okay, now you have this thing too, right? Um, do you hat. think that, yeah, new hat, right? Do you think that um, that's the direction we're heading or do you have anybody with ethics at like at I, Daily Motion? I'm, I'm not a big believer, but, but, that's only me of the one person or one role, not one person, but one role will solve the problem. I've, I've never seen it happen for any type of job problem. I mean, even when you have a tech team and, and, and you're struggling because of uh, whatever problem and you, someone throw, we need to hire, probably the team can solve it uh, if, if, we, if we do the right thing with the team that we have. I think it's a, it's a problem of culture of your company and it's a problem of um, what is your long-term goal that and that probably I'm, I'm basically saying two times the same thing sorry about that Joel because at the end of the day that's your, your future 
Um, and it has been difficult. We have been in position in our transformation four years ago where what the data would, I mean, what the data was telling us was to eventually take decisions that would favor some consumption, engagement, but was not on the path of what we wanted to build. And this is where you have to take decision to say, we're not going to build, we're not going to validate that experience. So we're not going to go that direction, even though the data tends to show that users will be more happy right now. This is not where we want to be in two, three, four, five years. Although the chance we have, and I don't know if it's, it's, it's none and it will be part of the story we, we will pick, but for the, the, the company that, that um, uh, owns us, or, or shareholding company is uh, Vivendi. Vivendi owns uh, Canal Plus, um, Havas, uh, Universal Music, globally. And the chance we have is they, they support our vision and our ambition to build something meaningful over years. So we, we're not the um, typical um, startup mindset where you gotta, um, you gotta grow immediately no matter what. We have an, a higher purpose and we have years to get there with their support. And that has dramatically changed the curve and the trajectory for Dailymotion four years ago when we got acquired. We, 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 we had the chance to, to shift from what is it that we do this year to survive to how do we want to change the world with video, but it's going to take time. That's just reality. It takes time. And if, and if you look at what happened over there, um, uh, TikTok is really, really big right now, but TikTok was not that big. And think a couple of years ago, it was Musical.ly. And before Musical.ly was Musical.ly, if I'm not mistaken, they were trying to build an education app and they pivoted to music. Hmm, I didn't know that. So it takes time to build something great. So if you have that time, that's fantastic. If you don't, then it's more complex. Yeah, you know, you're telling me all the good things in life take discipline, take a lot of time, a lot of adversity. But it's great, like you said, when you were able to align with a partner who had the resources to allow you to take the time necessary to build this ultimate vision. But help me understand a little bit better. Like if we look five years out or 10 years out, uh, what's, what's like the ultimate vision of Daily Motion? 10 years, I, I don't know, I'll be old in 10 years, but uh, five, five years, five years, the ultimate vision uh, uh, for the emotion in five years is to be the platform that bring you meaningful content, that feeds you, that, that not only entertain you, that, that gives you what you need to know about the world to educate yourself and make sure you understand what is going on. Because... There is so many information about what is going on out there in the world that it is actually difficult now to have an opinion, that it is actually difficult now to know if you should be on that side or that side, or if you, how do you understand what is going on? And no platform today fulfill that purpose. And we believe video is going to be the way to fulfill that purpose. No, I mean, we got to be honest, the younger generation, they do not spend time they need to spend a lot of time reading. They have platform in their hands. They get the content straight away. You need to be straight to the point. You can um, have their attention for 8 to 12 seconds. You can no longer have their attention for nobody watch a, a six-minute video anymore on their phone. You might, watch, you might watch it on your desktop. You might watch it at the end of the day. But when you're on the go, you want, you want to have the 
the let's say the shortest path to information possible. And you want to you want to consume and be enriched uh, uh, with video as much as possible in the minimum uh, uh, time uh, dedicated to it. And this is and this is what we want to be. This is where we want to be. But, and that's why we decided to go on new sport, music, entertainment. But we have to continue to improve our product, and we have to continue to deliver that promise. And the first things we have to do, by the way, is actually to say to the world that we're going after that um, uh, battle. Because we've been building it for the past years, but now it's time uh, for us to reveal it. I love it. Yeah, no, you're, when you're talking about the clip length, we notice, because we promote our episodes and everything through clips. So we notice that um, like two minute clip with, it's got to be uh, captioned, right? Because people don't hit the audio button, they read it. They scroll through LinkedIn, they see the clip and they read it. But then um, I was going on Instagram the other day after our like one of our uh, marketing meetings and I found a couple things that I really liked as far as like these videos. I follow like business motivation type stuff or personal development to you know, get my mind right. So I noticed that they had these like videos that were like 20 or 30 seconds and the captions were actually in the video and it was just like the most exciting line two or three lines that the person said which was you know like 30 seconds versus our normal two two minute clip and so now we're going to be trying some some of those like 30 second videos uh, to see how how those perform i think i think it's a great idea i think if you if you look at how platform evolved if you look at what igtv uh, brought and how igtv is, is getting um, um let's say your eyeball in in their product everything you do now is a trailer you get, you get a, you, as a user, you have my attention for, I don't know, one minute and, and 30 seconds. Show me all the things you can show me and I will decide whatever I want to engage more with. I would eventually click on it and watch the 15 minute video because I, I very much care. I will uh, follow and, and then everything I will get from my um, dedicated follow space uh, will be for me from selected matters that I care about. And that's fine if it's five minutes. But when I'm giving you my time for a minute and 30 seconds, you need the product or the platform to show me as much as possible, meaningful and different things to uh, um, try to see whatever I, I want to engage with. That's why I believe going for shorter clips is a, is a, is a great thing. Shorter clips, subtitles or caption, that's, that's the only way to uh, get attention now. It doesn't mean people don't want to engage with longer content, but the trigger, needs to come from that type of content. I fully agree too, because like, all right, so if I open up, it's Friday night, right? And I open up Netflix and they had this new thing up at the top where it's almost like Instagram stories, but it's like the, they call them like previews and it's like 15 seconds or however long it is. And then you can decide if you want to, you know, go deep into that and, and watch it. And so you kind of like, you know, go through and you watch a preview two, three, four previews. And you're like, okay, this is the thing I want to spend the hour on watching tonight. And that's actually pretty interesting because I'm curious if your homepage will ever be like that. Like <laughs> you see some previews and then you get to go in, but I think it kind of is. It, it, it is. So we, we were the first to introduce um, autoplay on a non page. So we, we, when we talk to users, we thought that there is a, this, I mean, stepping back a sec, you know, Netflix, the, the joke about Netflix was you spend more time trying to figure out what you want to watch than watching. 
Yeah. Because you're like, it's okay, true. We get, this, we get this, we get this. It's been uh, 25 minutes. Now it's time to go to bed. So, okay, forget about Netflix. So, the, the, what we figured when talking to our users and, and, and was the armpit where you, you do some sort of a showcase of everything you have and then people need to choose is over. What we, what we built and, and in redoing that homepage and we're the first to get that type of experience is we, there is not that many difference now and especially on phone versus desktop because the, the homepage on, on the phone, the real estate is so small, more or less everybody has the same homepage. You scroll to play, it's, it's let's say somehow driven by the real estate that you have. On desktop, it's a little bit different. You get a bigger real estate and, and you have the opportunity to showcase more of your content. Every marketing person will tell you, you got to show what you have in your catalog. So showcase as more content as possible. We actually decided to take a slightly different approach where actually, even on the stop on the homepage of the emotion, you have straight away the content that matters to you, around you, fresh, that, that is immediately available. Just, just about that, for example, having a um, technological supply chain that can provide on your homepage a content that has just been uploaded immediately encoded and distributed is a miracle. If you look at other platforms, you will never find a content that is three minutes old on a homepage. But if we know that's the quality content and that has been selected by the algorithm, it will be pushed straight away onto the homepage. And the homepage is actually a scroll to play homepage because the promise is that homepage will feed me with whatever I need to uh, uh, consume now. That's the promise. And if you go on dailymotion.com now on desktop, First video will start straight away. And if you scroll to play, the other video will follow, even on desktop, because that's the acceleration of um, the consumption pattern that we see. This is no longer, you see 12 um, uh, previews, and even if you mouse over some of them and you see them moving, you will select one. We have, and that's thing that's very important, to shorten the path. I think it's, it's something very important for us. I like that. I'm actually scrolling on the homepage right now. And yeah, it's like it can tell whatever is in view. And You're not listening starts... to me. You're using the product. You're not listening I'm to so me. sorry. <laughs> I am. I'm getting like, there's no audio coming through because I, I have it off. But like I'm getting, it's like I live a dream, Guillaume. I get like the world-class expert explaining how something works while I get to be scrolling through it. Like that's, that's like I'm a kid in the candy shop, man. <laughs> Thank you, man. <laughs> this is great. So I'm curious about like you had a lot of good insight and advice about you know personal health and and work and things like that. How how are you doing now with with the COVID? Are you guys in your offices yet? What's it like in France right now? Honestly, it has been um, has been tough. I'm I'm actually very very proud of of what we've done of of the team of my my colleagues because we. We decided to go full remote before, uh, not before the COVID hit, but before any governmental recommendation. Or we, we, I'm, I'm so proud and happy for our people and their safety that we took the decision to go full remote before, before the lockdown or before anything bad, um, super bad happened. And and that has been a little bit of a challenge uh, for for. For some of the people here, especially the HR team, but we were already in the process of not not going full remote, but establishing better, stronger remote policies. So it wasn't a full surprise, and we were equipped. We had the software, the processes, the ceremonials, the mindset was there. 
but it's it's still a bit different from one day to another. The office is, is closed. The many 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 things change. But I'm I'm super proud and super happy that that we took the decision. Uh, recently, we tried to partially reopen the offices when required for some people. We also observed, uh, and we did not expect that that full remote is a drawback for the people who needs more socialization than others. Uh, uh, and and we have given very different personality. The introvert, the extrovert, they react very differently to being full remote and isolated. And so that's something we had to take into uh, account and try to reopen a little bit the office when possible. But every time we feel um, there is a case closed or someone has been exposed or et cetera, the first rule is take care of our people. So we close the office and we put everybody uh, in a remote again. We have a chance and we have a chance in this industry that, I mean, we got hit, financially speaking, as everybody by the COVID somehow. Uh, we're an advertising-based business. It's flying okay now, but at the very beginning of the COVID, every IT brand was like, I don't know what's going to happen, although I don't want to advertise anymore. Okay? Then they realized, oh, shit, that's the moment we got to be very, very close to our people, so we need to advertise more. But there's been, there's been a moment in time where it has been, it has been difficult, and, and, and I'm actually happy and uh, happy for people that we are an industry where we can actually work from home. We, 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 we don't have to take extreme decision for the future of the company because our workforce cannot go to the office or, so it's, it's a fantastic chance. We're very lucky, very privileged to be, to be in that industry. And I think that's important for everybody out there in that industry to acknowledge that, that if you work in the software space or in the digital or technology space, you, you are very, very much privileged at the moment. And then, so like other parts of the company that weren't like engineering, did did you help them and like kind of coach those leaders about how to go remote with the people who hadn't been remote? Yes, we we, we did. We put in place a lot of things. Uh, I would not say everything was perfect, but I, I would say that it was great and the intention. I mean, we did our utmost in that field. Uh, it's never perfect, you know, when you look at things uh, after a couple of weeks, uh, you're like, oh, we could have done this better. We could have done that better. But the support uh, we 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 had from everybody, from the management team, the different managers, the individual contributor, uh, was fantastic. The engagement and commitment from the HR team to deliver the right tips in terms of how do you manage a remote team? How do you give a tough feedback remotely while you cannot go out there and then share a drink to explain uh, something was not not so okay, etc. How do you manage the thing that you never used to manage in a way? Uh, uh, was fantastic, and I think we observed something that when everybody was remote, was you got it's not like the problem of being remote is your partner in life is going to be remote with you, and your kids going to be there if you have kids, and this is not just about working remotely. This is this is about managing your life while trying to do the job, and and I said to the team. And, and, and that's part of the leadership. We need to assess all the things we won't be able to do over that period because there is no chance we can continue to deliver the same thing. Not, not because people are working remotely and, and, and uh, we're big believers in remote, but, but because that's just like, we're going to have to manage the kids, etc. So we immediately said flexible hours if you need to work in the morning, not in the afternoon, let us know, we'll accommodate, etc. But we saw something that wasn't expected. It was the commitment of the individual into continuing to deliver 
the value and, and the, the, the creativity and the, the quality of code they used to deliver, no matter what. And I wasn't expecting that. I was, I was expecting tough decision about the product and say, okay, this we cannot do. That's unrealistic. There is no magic out there. We almost see an increase of velocity for a couple of uh, weeks, which is not, not a good thing either because it means people are trying to manage everything at the same time and try still to continue to deliver the velocity. Nobody is superhuman. So at, at some point, um, we're going to have to pay for it. Uh, so when we saw that, we have started to be very, very careful about managing the fatigue, uh, the stress, uh, people being overwhelmed. But I'm, I'm super proud of the people we have and how they committed to continue to do the job. It was really, really outstanding. Yeah, when people step up, it's like a, it's a, it's a good feeling. But I totally understand like the concept of like you don't want them to get to the point of like complete burnout and drop off. But uh, it is it is a, it makes you feel like you've got a really good team when when a difficult moment hits and everybody bands together. Yes, uh, we have a really good team. We we we've managed to put together a great culture, and I want to thank my colleague for that. And. And that was interesting to see how that culture and, 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 and the, the, let's say, our practices with remote was impacting the new joiners. Because during the COVID, we had to hire. We had new joiners that actually never saw their colleague, like never, never. How, how do you onboard those people? Because when you go remote, full or remote, but you used to know your colleague, that's a different thing that when you have someone coming into the uh, boat with you, but you, 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 you never saw him. It's the first time, and you might, will probably not see him for the next, I don't know, hopefully not so long, but we don't know. So you had to think a lot around the culture of onboarding new, new hires. Yes, onboarding new hires, there's been a lot of things put in place. Um, um, the way we communicate, um, the way we say thank you. I mean, uh, and I apply it to myself. I'm... Uh, I'm I'm the kind of guy who, when something is done, I'm focusing immediately on the next challenge because I'm, I'm starving of challenge. And I usually say thank you, but I, I, I had to change the way I say thank you to people because it matters a lot to me. And this is very different than being in the office. So you have the empathy, the, the level of communication has, has, has right up and, and, and change because we, we all understand the situation. We all human at the end of the day and, and, and we just want to, we just want to work together and create something great. And, and that has been absolutely outstanding to observe the way we change as a company. And, and how are you growing? Like, what are you learning right now? Me, personally? Or the yeah, company? yeah, like you, you as a professional, because, you know, you made this transition at the same, you know, also, you've got this long-term vision, you're, you're growing, the business is growing, you're thinking about all of these things, but like, wh- where are you, in, like, how are you improving yourself right now? So I think the, uh, personally, I think one was um, the, um, the necessity and the ability to um, um, better communicate, better explain the purpose, uh, repeat it again and again, never being frustrated about repeating it and making sure that any individual of in the company from any team uh, uh, can be and feel free to uh, uh, challenge big time what we're doing. And, and there is no frustration coming from there. There is actually a lot of, uh, I'm actually happy when I see a tough question coming into one of our survey or 
or meeting with you. We've, we've created, um, um, I used to um, present things to the team on a regular basis, like on a quarter basis, but I very much rely on my team to, to, to continue to relay the message, etc. But we put together during this, this, this moment a meeting where we ask people to send the tough question up front so we can come to the meeting and the tough question comes anonymously and, and we answer the question. Because in any company, regardless of your growth, um, your um, market value, people have questions, always. This is, it's never super clear. There is, there is decision that has been taken as an individual contributor. You don't understand why. It has not been explained properly, not enough, or the dots have not been connected. So there is always questions. And I think what we've learned and what I've learned is the necessity to step in front and, and clarify that and repeat that. And actually identify that the culture of in a company, if you have a culture where you can ask, raise the hand and ask a question and challenge what the, 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 the board is doing or what the C-levels are doing, and you will get an answer and you will eventually be asked to participate into solving a problem is a fantastic culture. And, and uh, obviously we already had a great culture, but we saw an acceleration of those behavior uh, through the remote and the COVID phases. Uh, I like it. You're so good at it. You're, I, I love it that you say communication because like I have you listed as like one of the, my, one of my favorite people uh who communicate very very well and clear and have good ideas and i'm still i was so excited when, when i heard that you were coming back on i was like oh he gave that autonomous team structures talk or conversation i've, I've included you in talks like when i go around and, and speak at companies and i've included your advice and you know give you credit i said oh i had learned this from talking to Guillaume and uh yeah you, you i just i really like how your uh your brain processes data <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. That's not easy. So as we start to wrap up here, um, I've got a uh, last question, but then I was curious, is there anything that we didn't cover uh, that you wanted to get out there to the world? Uh, no, I think we covered, uh, we covered a lot of things. Uh, we, as, as I was saying, we, we improved on every area. We did uh, some change, interesting change. You would, you would love that. I will, I will share the, the, the link of an article we uh, published recently about the way we uh, organized and the way we deliver. I think we, we've, we've significantly changed uh the way we deliver it's somehow close to uh what uh 37 signals put together with the book uh, shape up mm -hmm. not inspired because it has been started uh, uh in parallel uh, but actually very close in the way we want to we want to execute the things we do and the reason is quite simple we have and as we talked about it we have a huge uh product surface so we have a lot of things to do and we are you know, a little bit more than 300 employees globally. So we, it's actually a small company. If you look into the video space, the size of the giants out there, we're very, very, very small. And the truth is, you know, this, this um, fashion in, in the software industry where you have to do feature teams and they're autonomous and they take care of. It's, it's great. It is fantastic. But it works with, if only one assumption is fulfilled you have enough people to take care of all your product stop. Otherwise, if you, if you have 30 features to execute and you have 15 feature team, then you have half of your product that is not being taken care of. And that is a big problem. 
And that was our problem. So we shift our, um, the way we deliver and execute. I will share the link and, and you'll be able to add it to the, to the vlog if, if you want. And, and we put together uh, something that has created a lot of, um, I would not say happiness, but a lot of career paths for our engineers, product people, QA people. I think we, we elevated the fact that in a company like our company, learning and developing yourself in your own skill path is the most important thing, no matter what. You're here to learn and you will learn. So we killed everything about you're an engineer, junior engineer, and your boss is a product manager. It exists in some companies. We want, if you're a junior, you're going to have a senior manager. The senior manager will have a principal engineer. The principal engineer might have a distinguished engineer as a manager. You will learn through the entire uh, career in the company. And that's what we want to develop. And we focused on the, what we call the how to do things. There are the people who know how to do things. They might not know yet what to do from a product standpoint. It will come from other people. But how to do things, they know how to do things. And what we put together is some sort of a mechanism where we identify, if you look at the product real estate, we identify the pieces of a product that are the most important to tackle right now. And what we do is we create missions from those product pieces and we ask the people who know how to do to go on board in a mission, deliver over six weeks, and then eventually reassess if we need to continue that mission or something more important bubble up and needs to be uh, uh, addressed. And, 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 and turns out it, it, it works pretty well. And it has dramatically accelerated our capability to hit the market. So for us, because we don't have all the resources to tackle the entire real estate of our product, that has put us in a position to better identify opportunities, go after it, time box the exercise. Although time boxing has been a big game changer into this because nobody wants to work for a project for three years. Anything can happen in three years. You want to work with something short, clear, sculptural, you deliver the value and then you reassess. If you need to continue, you continue. If you need to go to something else, you go to something else. And the mix of great cadence and strong career paths for our people has also helped creating this, this value and culture that we talked about. And that's what I wanted to share with you because I know you're into that kind of thing a bit. Oh yeah, for sure. No, and you have more of this in that link that you're going to send me? Yes, we have a full article. I will send that straight away to you, uh, Joel. You'll get this. Nice. We'll put it in the show notes too. Guillaume, this is fantastic. I want to have you on again next year. No problem, Joel. Anytime. And if there's anything I can do, if you're ever like, oh, you know, Joel would be useful, you know, maybe connections to other guests or anything like that. If you ever think of any way we can be useful, you just reach out, let us know, and we'll see if we can make it happen. Okay. Wait, wait. Thank you. That's that's, uh, so nice uh, from you. Thank you very much. All right. I'll talk soon. Talk to you soon. Take care. Thank you so much for listening. And if you found this episode useful, please share it with a friend or a colleague who you think would get value from it. And if you have topics that you would like to hear discussed on the podcast, either add me on LinkedIn or send me an email, joel at moderncto.io. Every time I get an email or LinkedIn message, it absolutely makes my day and inspires me to keep going.